and you know, even though our record's three and five right now, and we're we're getting we're kind of the the punchline of a lot of jokes. I think that going forward for the years to come, that this group's gonna be a group to reckon with, like for real. Another episode of the Pot of Aggie Land. This is your host, Chase Lane. Yours truly, number two in the field, number one in y'all's hearts. Uh, you know, coming off a tough loss against Ole Miss this past Saturday, and I will be getting into that and everything else uh, going around college football this past weekend. But as always, we're going to start with the quote of the day. The quote of the day of today's episode is, Yesterday's the past, tomorrow's the future, but today is the gift. That's why we call it the present. So I'm saying it again. Yesterday is the past. Tomorrow is the future. But today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. And how this resonated with me is basically just the concept of being where your feet are. And being a player in Coach Fisher's offense and having to meet with Coach Fisher a lot, we've heard the term be where your feet are so much just because he's ingrained that in the culture of the program and, and things of that nature. But sometimes when, you know, people are saying certain things, it can go over your head, especially if you're a younger guy and you don't really understand the message. But I really, as I've progressed and as I've gone through my time in college thus far, I've really seen the importance and why it's so important to be where your feet are because if you if you live in the past, then you'll never be truly ready for the opportunities that may present themselves in the future. But if you live in the future, then you can never really appreciate the present. And you can never really appreciate the past because you're never taking the time to appreciate where you've come from. So um, in this new phase of my life, because I, I think we go through phases in life and we go through chapters, I, I think I'm really focusing on being where my feet are and just, you know, being present in each moment that I've been in because, um, you know, you, you sometimes, and I, and I, I've seen so many people say it. And if you, if you live too fast and you never really take the time to, you know, just stop and breathe and just be where you are, then life can really pass you up and, and you'll, you'll just go through so many different things and it can just pass you by. So I think it's so important for everybody to just be where their feet are being present in today because today is the present. So I'll say it again. The quote of the day is yesterday's the past tomorrow's the future, but today's a gift. That's why it's called the present. So that's the quote of the day. Hope it resonated with you guys in some kind of way. But um, as always, I'm always going to speak my mind about how it resonated with me. So moving forward, we had a crazy, crazy weekend in college football um, teams that were supposed to win, they took care of their business. So I'm not really going to get into things of that nature, but um, everybody, if you, if you haven't, if you haven't seen it swirling on Twitter, the Michigan state uh, Michigan fight, man, that was a crazy sight to see. And it's kind of like, I don't want to say like bro was stupid from Michigan, but he did go in there solo dolo. And it's like, I know if, if you guys are on Twitter and you've seen that meme, I'm not going to say it, but like F around and find out you go in there solo, like the odds 
are never going to be in your favor. So he went into the tunnel. And, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, like, they got bad blood, obviously. You know, two of the biggest universities in the state. Big rivalry game, as always. Uh, Michigan got the dub. Duh. But, you know, um, still, you never want to see that. And you never want to see anything like that. Like, okay, it just it, it looks dirty, man. And um, the dude was by himself. So it's like, in a way, he was almost defenseless. But, yeah, it's like, you F around, you're going to find out. So, Man, I, I really hate that it had to go down like that because, you know, Michigan State, and then, you know, I always talk about just how African-American coaches don't really get the same opportunities that you see other coaches getting. And, you know, Michigan State, they do have a black head coach, and they're not having the season that they've been wanting to have thus far. And then you see his players do something like that, and then it's almost a reflection of, of the coaching and of the culture. So Michigan State, man, like I, I like, I'm familiar with him as a head coach, and – uh, it's kind of hard when you have things like that happen because um, so many things can get misconstrued about how you run a program and just the culture you bring and the culture that you've tried to have at your program. So hopefully everybody can get that cleared up, man. And uh, them dudes over Michigan State. And then it's like sometimes I just be thinking, like, how can guys be so dumb with the peak and with the pinnacle that social media is at today? It's like, how could you even allow yourself to do something like that and then think it's okay and then, and then think that no one's going to see it or find out about it? Like, man, everyone, like, and I remember, I don't know who told me this, but someone told me a long time ago that people are always watching whether you know it or not. Someone is always watching. Someone is always recording. So you really got to be in your P's and you got to be in your P's and your Q's, man. And um, that's why, like, when I just see just so many bonehead things that just go on, like, for instance, like uh, Jermaine Burden at Alabama and, you know, all the things that he's going through right now with just the whole uh, Tennessee post game and, and when he was on the field. And I'm not going to get into it, but if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, like just like stuff like that, man, you really got to um, find a way to control your emotions. And I know that sometimes fans can provoke uh, players and, and that's a whole different topic, but. Um, you really got to do your best in today's age, you know, just control your temper, control your emotions because someone's always watching and someone's always um, recording. And I'd hate to have something like that happen to me. And then that's just, that's, that's, that's the perception of who you are because um, in today's society, perception is everything. So uh, now people are going to be looking at those players from Michigan state, like all oh, their thugs uh, suspend them, this, that, and the third, but those could be, scholar athletes man and you never know so you know it's just um a bad moment for michigan state and hopefully they can get over that home man but um moving forward when i think about who should be the number one team in the country it is actually the tennessee volunteers out of knoxville tennessee i think that they are the undisputed number one team in the country because you can just tell that they have a swagger about them and they have a confidence about them when they're out there and they're playing. I really feel like Tennessee is going to go on a, a deep, deep run this year and they could possibly run the table and end up winning the whole thing. So what I can tell you for sure is that the number one ranked team on Zillow in the Bryan Station area is the Hudson team. They lead the way based on sales volumes and the number of transactions done each year. They are a proud team of Aggies. Every member of the team is a former student of Texas A&M University. Our good friend over there is Alexis Knox. 
She is a broker associate and a realtor for the Hudson team with over five years of experience. She and the team help with any and all real estate needs, but especially love helping Aggies find their dream houses. And you don't need to be in the Bryan College Station area to take advantage. They are also new to the Austin area and can help Aggies there as well. To learn more and to contact the Hudson team, you can call Alexis Knox at 281-745-0010. That's 281-745-0010. You can also find her on all social media platforms at Alexis Knox Realtor or at her website, AlexisKnoxRE.com. We're so happy to have Alexis and the Hudson team as a sponsor. So please check them out if you're in the market for a new home or if you are looking to sell your home. Uh, let's get into the game. So we had the number 15th ranked Ole Miss Rebels come into College Station this past Saturday. Um, fans showed out like I challenged them on the last episode. Fans showed out. They were loud. They were they were into the game, the whole game, and um, they were really there for us and through thick and thin, even though we didn't come out with the W. Uh, you know, let's, let's get into the game and how it started. So Ole Miss marched down on the opening drive. They scored. Um, kind of felt like last week's kickoff uh, return that South Carolina had against us, but we we kind of expected that because um, you know just watching film and just studying a team, we know that Ole Miss they they are they're really really good on their first drives on their games, and um, more often than not they're going to open up with some points. So um, they they put together a really good drive. They as I said in the last episode, their tempo was fast, fast, fast. They were getting the running game started. Play action passes. They actually scored on a, um, a, like a RPO wheel route, and it was like right at the sideline, like wide open. So, uh, you know, if you're familiar with Lane Kiffin, he's gonna have those little dinks and dunks with the run game and some play action passes, and then, and then when they get into the red zone, that's when they really like to get tricky. So, uh, yeah, they had a really good first drive, but uh, we didn't panic because we were expecting that, and um. Coach Fisher and Coach Coley actually like came up to us on the sideline after they scored, and they were like, "Okay, like, hey, like we knew this, we knew this, like let's go, let's go, let's go." And so we get the ball, and um, our focus and our emphasis of this game was we really wanted to speed up our tempo, and we really wanted to you know get the get the play calls in, get the ball snapped. Uh, get the ball out of Connor's hands fast. Just make it, just simplify everything for him, just being his first start and everything. And I'll be getting into his performance later, but that was a marvelous performance, I, I believe. But um, yeah, we, we really wanted to just get out running. And um, I, I and I've said it so many times during the show in the past, just how we need to just start fast. And I think we, I think we did just that. We came out on our first drive. We dinked and dunked him as well. Uh, we we were moving down the field. We were moving the ball. We were executing the plays on offense, and uh, we scored. And like I said in the last episodes, um, this past week of practice, we started out with a good on good period against the defense, and I really think that helped us. Uh, you know, just coming out the gate fast. You know, just seeing our defense and having to go out there and you know just go out there and execute our plays like we like we have to do in the game. And I I really think that helped us this week. And because I don't remember. I don't, I think that was the first game that we actually came out and scored a touchdown on our first drive this season. And it's week nine, week 10, I think. So that's saying a lot, but yeah, that we, we were um, moving the ball with ease. I feel like on that first drive, oh my gosh. And I'm not going to get into the details about this, but we had one play in the red zone and I came in motion and I had to cut a guy some 
big ass D lineman off the edge. And, you know, usually like I, I do this block always. I come in motion. I get set between the tackle and then I come off the ball and I cut the guy and I usually make the block. And I made the block again. Uh, really good block. We picked up the first down, I think. But, oof, I took a shot. I took a shot in my lower back. But, uh, you know, I'm just doing my job for my team. And uh, whenever my coach is asking me, I'm always going to do what they're asking me. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Moose Muhammad, he had a little nice little post route. I came in motion on that one. It was actually an RPO. So we were we had a run design left, and Connor had the option to um, hand it off where he could pull it and throw the post to Moose. So when I came in motion, we knew we were getting manned because my guy came with me. So Moose was really just out there on the island by himself. And, you know, Moose went inside uh, and went on the post, and Connor got it to him. So I think that was a really good confidence boost for everybody, not only – um, the offense, but just Connor specifically, man, just not really getting to get a lot of action when he came into the South Carolina game, but uh, he was taking reps with the ones this past week and uh, he looked really good in practice. So, I, and you could tell after he threw that touchdown, he was lit. So um, I knew after that Connor was going to have a really good night and, you know, Connor's just a ball player. Like he's so poised in the pocket and, he just had so much confidence in himself. Like after Ole Miss scored on their first drive, he he came to everybody and said, "Let's go, let's go, let's do this, let's go, let's go." So that just goes to show you that Connor is a true competitor, and uh, he just loves the game of football. But moving forward, um, we come right back down. We got we got the turnover on downs. Our defense went out there and got us to stop, and then we drove down again. And Evan Stewart uh, won a go ball one on one and came down with the one hand. A uh, snag in the back of the end zone, and he got two feet in. So uh, that's they pay guys to get two feet in. So word up to my guy Evan Stewart, man, true, true competitor, and he's just a, he's a ball player. And uh, we knew that coming in that he was going to be a ball player, make those kinds of plays. But uh, yeah, so at this point, first quarter we're up fourteen seven, and uh, I was really pleased with our performance as an offense. Um, I think that we were moving the ball. I think that Connor was making good decisions. I think guys were executing on offense on all cylinders. Um, I don't think we had any pre-snap penalties that we've been having in, in the weeks prior. I don't think we had any holding penalties or, or any self-inflicted wounds. So um, it seemed like uh, the game was going our way. And, I, and uh, you know, and we come in the game every con- – we come to every game confident that we're going to come up with a victory. So at this point, I was extremely confident that we were going to um, finally get a dub, another SEC dub. So, uh, yeah, we're up 14-7. Defense is continuing to get some stops. Um, they eventually get a field goal, and then it's 14-10 at halftime. Um, actually, I wasn't able to be in the locker room at halftime because I was doing some other things with my trainers. But um, knowing Coach Fisher and, and being a, a, around him and to be in a situation like this, being up 14-10 against a good team, I can – assume that the message was, you know, just go out there and finish. Because usually if we have a lead, no matter if we're up by three points, if we're up by one point, if we're up by 50 points, um, Jimbo will always start the halftime speech when the team gets together and he'll always say, defense, if if they don't score, we win. So I can assure you that Jimbo says something along those lines. And uh, the message really was just go finish. And, I know that we wanted to do just that. I knew guys were really eager to get back out there and compete and, you know, just put the game away. But, uh, you know, um, 
we we had some miscues when we came out in the third quarter. Ole Miss, they scored. They go up 17-14. You know, they're moving the ball. Their their running game was ridiculous. I don't know how many yards they had on the on the ground, but I think it was like 400-something. So, uh, yeah, um, our, our running defense has been um, shaky at times, and it's been dominant at times. But, you know, just last uh, Saturday night wasn't our night uh, defending the run, and their backs were able to get going. Zach Evans, a Houston guy. Uh, very familiar with him being uh, from North Shore, was committed to Georgia, and, and then he ended up at TCU, and then he transferred to Ole Miss. So um, he's been at some really good programs, and it seems like he's found his niche here at Ole Miss. But, uh, yeah, he he played a tremendous game. Um, their other running back, number four, he's a freshman, and he played a tremendous game. Um, Jackson Dart, he also played a really good game, you know, just being a great manager back there and having and making the throws when he had to make the throws. But he was also able to scramble and pick up um, a lot of yards on the ground when he had to do that. So, uh, yeah, they, they went up 17-14. At the end of the quarter, they score again, and we haven't scored yet. Um, they go up 24-14, and that's 17 unanswered points. And um, it's kind of hard to pinpoint what the problem was it, sometimes when you just in the game, you just have those miscues, but in the moment you don't see how major and how detrimental those miscues are until, you know, they come back and actually score. So I think sometimes as an offense, we rely a little too much on our defense because if we have a miscue, like, oh, okay, like they'll get us a stop and we'll, we'll go back out there. But, you know, it just wasn't our night on defense either. And they were able to move the ball and, and score. And uh, we were just missing on, you know, just some reads from the O-line to routes to signals, not getting um, signal to the receivers. And, you know, it was a lot of different things that happened. And, you know, we're a young group. We had a, we had a really young group out there because um, Noah Thomas, he, he uh, started at my position for the remainder of the game in the second half um, just because I was just going through some things on the sideline. But, uh, yeah, so we had a, we had a really young group out there. I think the, the oldest guy out there was Layden, and he's on the O-line, and um, this is only his second year playing. So, you know, we're, we're a really experienced, inexperienced group, excuse me, but as always, I don't think that's an excuse because we have to go up there and we execute because we run these plays in practice and we got to be able to do it there on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, um, we were able to stop the bleeding with my guy, Noah Thomas. He scored his first collegiate touchdown ever in Kyle Field at home. So, you know, that kind of eased the pain a little bit and kind of gave us some breathing room. We cut the uh, the lead down to 24-21. It was a little motion. It was actually the same motion block that I do when I had to cut the guy, but he came back around across the line of scrimmage into the flats, and he was wide-ass open. So uh, big kudos to my guy Noah Thomas getting his first touchdown. Um, really proud of him, man. He's been through some. He's been through a lot in his short time here, but you know he stayed down. And he stayed. He stayed in his grind, and uh, you know now the fans know who he is. So, congrats to my guy Noah. So, and they were able to come back down again, and they were able to score, making thirty-one to twenty-one. Um, you know, at this point, I think there's like six minutes left, something along those lines. And, uh, you know, we, and then we get the ball back and we turn over on downs. And, um, I think that was just poor execution on our part. I think we had the right play calls, you know, just watching it in film. It seemed like we had, we had the right play calls called. 
we it just came down to execution and um that's something I've, I've always been harping on but you know we got a young group out there and um it's it's coming along though and it's coming along that's all i can really say about that but we get the ball back we were to put together 10 plays and 80 yard touchdown drive um a little uh flare route to divine chain out of the backfield and we scored with a minute and 25 left and it was 31 to 28 so uh, we we were we felt like we still had some life, and we still we still felt like we could at least tie the game and get our kicker into um field goal range because he's been really solid for us this year. So uh, defense they're able to get us a stop, and we got the ball back with forty nine seconds. So, oh man, that that last drive, we got backed up deep, um, backed up deep. We we did not start the the drive in, in great field territory. Um, we, I don't think we had any timeouts left. So, um, it really just, it really did come down to execution on that last drive. And, you know, they were, they were blitzing because like I said, they're going to blitz on every play and Connor was getting a lot of pressure and he was having to make, um, quick decisions and, you know, just being a first time starter that can be nerve wracking at times. Um, you know, just a, it's a hostile environment, but, um, we, we ended up losing 31 to 28 and, even though I'm not a fan of moral victories, I think that we showed a lot of promise with our performance. And when I say with our performance, I'm talking mainly about the younger guys, especially on offense. You look at Connor's numbers, he put a 338 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, was making smart decisions for most of the night and it's man, it's almost like one of those things where you have this hype about a player coming out of high school and then he gets here and it's all true. Like he is box office as Stephen A. Smith would say. He's, he's box office. He's a, he's a ball player and he just and he's got that swag about him that you like to see in your quarterback. And um, he's he's always going to be confident in himself. He's going to be confident in his guys around him, and he just wants to go play ball. Like we could be down by fifty, and he and he just wants to go out there and play ball. So he was able to go out there and make tremendous throws for us. Um, Evan Stewart's another guy. He he had an, another great game. He had eight receptions for eighty eight yards, um, one touchdown. One-handed snag touchdown in the back of the end zone. He had a big major snag similar to what he did uh, at Alabama a couple weeks ago. And, you know, and, and those guys right there, man, are truly the future of this program. And that's another guy who I think is box office is, is Evan Stewart, man. And those guys are just showing a lot of growth right now and maturity in such a short amount of time. And, you know, even though our record's three and five right now, and um, we're, we're getting, we're kind of the, the punchline of a lot of jokes on social media and things like that. I think that going forward for the years to come, that this group's going to be a group to reckon with, like for real. And they got a lot of, a lot of talent. Um, another guy, Moose, he, he had eight receptions for 112 yards or something like that. And, you know, Moose has been solid thus far this year since his numbers have been called. So another guy who is just really 
um, coming into his own and just really being that playmaker that we saw or that we knew behind the scenes, but not everybody else is getting to see. So um, really proud of those guys, man. Um, all three are tremendous ball players, and I'm really, really excited for their futures. Yeah, so this has been another episode of the Pot of Aggieland. I apologize for this being delayed, guys. Um, I had some things I had to tend to yesterday, but uh, really looking forward for you guys to hear this episode. And uh, yeah, we are out. Peace. <laughs>